Man measures greatness by what you gain, but God measures greatness by what you sacrifice. These are some words that have resonated across the movement from North American Youth Congress in 2017, preached by Victor Jackson. I am so excited about today's episode and today's guest. It is the one and only Victor Jackson. He and I have become friends over the last few years. We met at CMI Awakening back in 2000 and I think it was 15, maybe 2016, and God has just blessed us. I, I feel so honored to call him friend, and we were able to connect at NAYC this year and set up this interview, and I could not be more excited about it. I do want to say before we jump into the interview that um, my wife, Rachel, and I celebrated five years of marriage yesterday. And I just wanted to say on the show, happy anniversary. And I love her so much. And I am so thankful that we get to do life and ministry together. What an exciting adventure and an amazing five years it has been. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from today's episode, we are about to jump in. I talked to uh, Brother Victor about how he prepares his messages And he said that I prepare the messenger more than I prepare the message. It's going to be something you want to keep listening to over and over again, because there is revelation from this man that will change your life. He has a sermon series in book format that you can order on Amazon right now. And all the proceeds go to She's for Christ. So make sure to go pick that up and support that endeavor and bless She's for Christ. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Here it is, Victor Jackson. Let's go. Victor Jackson, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing well. Man, I am so incredibly thankful and honored that you would take time out of your schedule to talk with me today. I'm I'm so thankful for your ministry, and I know that our listeners are excited and going to be so blessed today. Um, What part of the world are you in right now? (laughs) I am in the Dallas area today. Gotcha, gotcha. I am... I was on when I was doing a little bit of research for this episode. I hopped onto your website and I clicked on your itinerary, and it's very evident that you travel <laughs> a lot and stay extremely busy. And so, man, thank you so much for taking time to do this today. It really means a lot. Man, what a privilege, man! I'm excited uh, for the opportunity to be a part of this. Man, you have blessed so many people with your testimony and Rachel and I first met you at CMI Awakening and your ministry has just man I don't know how to explain it it's just blessed me ever since and I feel like God just keeps crossing our paths and he keeps connecting us and I feel forever thankful for that it was awesome seeing you at NAYC Um, for those listening um, Victor actually came up to me at NAYC and 
really encouraged me. He said, Nathan, I need you to be yourself. I need you to be anointed. And you have no idea how much those words meant to me and how great it was to get to connect with you at NAYC this year. Man, I'm so glad I got to uh, run into you. Man, it was just apostolic, uh, the preaching, the singing, the musicians. Uh, God really used you and your wife up there. Uh, loved hearing the song Great and Mighty. And uh, I actually just in this rally uh, yesterday that I did in this Dallas area, uh, they sang that song. Oh, man, uh, that's so cool. There, during the during the worship and I was like, Hey, they don't realize I'm gonna be on an interview with him in the morning. So <laughs> how cool is that, man? Yeah, so I'm thankful for it, man. It's an exciting time. What an honor. What a privilege. Well, um I wanna talk a little bit about um your testimony. I know that uh, I wanna jump in here. I know a lot of people have heard it maybe through North American Youth Congress or through different events that you've preached. Um but Rachel and I first met you. I don't know if you remember this. It's been a while back now. Um, But we first met you at CMI Awakening. I think it was in North Carolina that year. And um, that was the first time I had ever heard you preach. And that message, bro, when you told your testimony, I was just on my face (laughs) weeping before God. It was such a powerful service. Um, but could you share with our listeners that maybe don't know your story how CMI, a campus ministry, uh, played a part of your story and your testimony? Um, you know, uh, man, thanks for having me on. Um, really, what happened, man, was I had an uh, incredible hunger for God um, uh, before— I ever uh, encounter the CMI. I had just an intense hunger. I was, I was searching. I was reaching when my uh, college coach was recruiting me there. Uh, one of the first things I asked them was, "Are there any good churches in the area?" Mm. And uh, he was like, "Uh, um, sure." You know, he's like, sure, man, Uh, whatever you think, bro, you know. And so uh, and so when I first got on the campus, man, uh, I tried about five different churches my first month of me being in college. And uh, and uh, man, I got some crazy stories about that. You know, I'm like, okay, I think I'm just going to read my Bible and pray on my own because <laughs> right. these, these churches are, there's some, there, there's some problems here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the funny things, man, one of the funny things is we went me and my friend Ricardo went into, uh, this one church, man. And, uh, it was a, uh, denominational church and we went in there and, uh, my friend Ricardo, he's six, nine, you know, number one junior college player in the nation. Uh, is my best friend in college. We went into this church one time, and when we got in there, it was this church. And when we got in, it's a church right next to the campus, bro. There, were, everyone in there was over sixty years old. Oh wow! And uh, and the pastor was. There was one kid in there. Must have been the pastor's 
child. You know, the pastor was probably in his 40s, and he's whispering in the mic to this kid, all right, now, write, write Jesus in your, in, your, in your most pretty handwriting. I was like, what is going on here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? That's and, and it's like, it's like 60, 60 people there. Everyone's over 60 years old. <laughs> and me and Ricardo, we're the only ones our age in the church. Wow. And so and so they gave me the uh, the program. You know how they give you the announcements and program and all of that. Uh, the bulletin. They gave me the bulletin, bro. And it talked and it said prayer requests. And bro, the prayer request was three sheets long. And it said, you know, pray for this one. Sickle cell cancer. This one. This family died. This one, this, bro, everything, bro. It was three pages of just straight up, like everybody's about to die, (laughs) bro. I looked at that. I said, Ricardo, (laughs) let's get out of here. (laughs) He said, huh? This is his first time ever in church. (laughs) I said, bro, let's get out of here. He said, man, we just got here. Everyone's dying. (laughs) Bro, if we stay here any longer, we're going to die. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, and uh, we went we went to the back, and uh, the bathroom was right by the exit, and and we were walking to the back, and one of these old guys said, "Hey, where are you guys going?" I thought, "Oh, we're just going to the restroom." So we went to the restroom, and we kind of stayed in there for a while. I said, "Bro, when we get out, we got to sprint out of here." <laughs> That's what Run we did. For it. And we sprinted, and we ran, we ran like. And I was like, okay, we're never doing that again. So I had a hunger. There was a Bible study on the campus with a a different denomination. And I visited that Bible study in my first month in college. And they didn't know what they were talking about. You know, and Mm. and I wound up teaching that Bible study and I didn't even know what I was talking about. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was like, I I had a limited knowledge, but my limit, I, I wanted to grow. And but they had no idea what they were talking about. And my limited knowledge, I knew I needed to grow. I wound up teaching it. And I was like, okay, I'm never going back to that Bible study. (laughs) And so about a a few months later, that's when I encountered the campus ministry uh, Bible study uh, led by Souls Harbor First Pentecostal Church. Uh, and Joe Campatella was the youth pastor. He was the chaplain uh, of this uh, Bible study. And it was my, my I just celebrated my birthday. Our, um, our uh, I just turned 19 years old and uh, my season just ended. And I'm walking towards the library and uh, I see this Bible study. And I thought it was the same Bible study from a few months ago. And I was like, man, let me walk fast like I don't see these people. Right. And uh, but then Joe called out. He said, hey, hey, you want to have a Bible study? We're talking about Jesus. And I was like, all right, man, let me go see what these guys are talking about. I'm probably going to have to teach again. (laughs) And, you know, it's a total different Bible study. But I was I didn't know that, you know. Right. And uh, they started uh, talking about the Holy ghost and, and, 
And I had a question. I said, well, what about where it says pre-rated for the gift of prophecy? I said, well, there's a difference between the receiving the Holy Ghost and the initial evidence being tongues and, and the gift of tongues. I said, well, what church do you go to? And they said, Souls Harbor First Pentecostal Church. And, uh, and, and I went to church that Sunday. Um, they picked me up. I went to church. The joke actually picked me up for that first service. And when he picked me up, he was trying to talk to me. I didn't even want to say a word to him. I was so focused on receiving the Holy Ghost. Wow. I didn't, I, I was, I was, I was so focused. He was trying to make conversation and I was just like, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I got there, you know, uh, uh, I received it and campus ministry, you know, was instrumental, uh, to that starting. And so I started, uh, going to several Bible studies a week. And then I started teaching my own Bible study after being in church for eight weeks and, uh, started teaching my own Bible study on the campus. Uh, in my dorm room, about 15, 15 to 20 people in my dorm room, you know, uh, uh, in the living room, we'd have Bible study every Friday and, uh, just athletes come in, international students come in, uh, had the church bus coming to the campus, uh, to pick up 20 to 25 people. Uh, and my coach started, came to church as well. My assistant coach, different teammates. And uh, there was just a mighty revival. So CMI was incredibly instrumental uh, in my formation in the beginning because I was born in revival, man. You know, uh, Joe and the youth team, and uh, and uh, and they, they they were baptizing people in the pools at the campus. And that's what Praise I was born God. into. You know, that's all that's all I knew. And so with that, it's almost like that's just kind of part of my DNA. And, uh, yeah. and so it just kind of always been a part of me. Sorry to ramble so long. No, hey, listen, I I love, that's what I love so much about this podcast is I get to hear uh, incredible stories like that. I didn't know all the details to that story. So please, thank you for sharing that with us. You know, um, Joe Campitella um, preaches a revival for us every year. Um, he has preached for us, I think, for six years in a row. And he's just become dear friends of the French family. And uh, I it, I think it's so amazing in the apostolic world how we are all connected and we don't even know it sometimes. Oh, it, it, it's the truth, man. And it, it you know, th- this how this story, a lot of people don't know. And uh, I, the, I, I don't want to take too much of your time but no please go ahead what 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 a lot of people don't don't know is that whenever i was um before i went to college uh you know i was born and raised in louisiana and uh and i went uh born born in eunice louisiana raised in lafayette louisiana went to florida on basketball scholarship where well here's the thing uh, my sophomore year of high school, I was going to uh, Como High School uh, in Lafayette, in, in Youngsville, Louisiana, Lafayette area, and uh, uh, I was playing basketball at this rec center, 
And when I was playing basketball at this rec center, I had a guy on my team who was a rapper. And me and him were, like, beating everybody. Like, we were just beating everybody. And then while we were beating everybody, my mom came in to come pick me up. And, you know, when you see your mom come in, I mean, it's like, I don't care if I'm in mid-shot. Like, put the ball down and right. go run to go run to mama are you mm. in trouble yeah you know? <laughs> yeah you know you don't you don't play with mama so mm. <laughs> so man Amen. i'm like okay guys i gotta get out of here you know <laughs> right and they're like and, and the rapper said hold on man we're we're winning i'm like hey bro you don't know what territory you're stepping in right now <laughs> you know you better you gotta be careful and right. he told my mom he said hey hey can he stay we've been winning and he said, he said, um, he said, and I'll take him home. And my mom was like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, wow. Now that's a miracle that she would let me go with this random stranger to drop me home. Like, right. okay. Because that was my first time meeting the guy. So uh, after we were done playing ball, this rapper begins to drive me home. We're listening to his rap music the whole time. You know, and uh, just a, you know, gangster type guy, you know. Well, a year, I moved to a different side of town. I moved to the north side of town and started going to north side high school. And a year and a half after this, a year after this, this incident happened, all of a sudden I see this rapper again, except now he's dressed really nice, has a nice vehicle, speech has changed. Wow. I'm like, I looked at him and I said, bro, what happened to you? He said, church, man. Oh, my goodness. I, and I said, I said, bro, what, what's going on? He goes, man, I, I love to show you. He, this, is my, this is my junior year of high school now, the beginning of my junior year of high school, in and and, and October 2007. He picks me up. Listen to this, Brother Nathan. He wow. picks me up. He drives me 45 minutes to his church. The whole drive, he's talking to me on baptism in Jesus' name. Oh, my goodness. And he has. I'm holding his Bible, and he goes, go to Acts 2.38. Go <sighs> go to Galatians 3.27. Go, go to Acts 4.12. And I had never been baptized before, so I'm just listening. Well, I go to his church, and at this church— uh, it was Daryl Weber's church in Lafayette, Louisiana. We'll go to this church. All of a sudden, at the end of the service, I get baptized in Jesus' name. I got baptized in Jesus' name in Daryl Weber's church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Wow. I only visited it one time. Because after I got baptized, uh, they said, okay, now all that's left is for you to receive the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues, I was like, "Oh, okay." Wow. Well, I went, I went home, bro. I wrote on Google how to speak in tongues. Wow, you know, and that didn't help me. I right. went on YouTube how to speak in tongues. They're like, if you pray this prayer, then, mm, then you're gonna speak in tongues. Well, that didn't happen. Wow, and I was like, you know, I guess tongues isn't for everybody. And I fill in the scripture where it says, pray rather for the gift of prophecy than the gift of tongues. And so fast forward, bro. A year and a half later, 
I, I'm on, I'm in the college campus. I, I only visited that church one time. It was far from my house. I, I started going to a different denomination church because I thought they were all the same. You get what I'm saying? Right, right. And uh, so didn't see that guy again. Um, didn't see that guy again. Well, well, I get the Holy Ghost in Florida and they say, well, all you got to do now is get baptized in Jesus' name. I said, well, wow, I, I've been baptized in Jesus' name. They said, really? Bro, I still had this certificate from when I got baptized in Jesus' name. Wow. Check it out, Nathan. Then a few months later, after teaching these Bible studies, I go to Youth Congress 2009 in Nashville. When I go to Youth Congress in 2009 in Nashville, bro, God calls me to the ministry during Brother Haney's session uh, to the young ministers or youth workers. God calls me to the ministry, and I'm wrestling with this. And I go into the service uh, that evening, and I said, Lord, I don't know what you're doing in me. I closed my eyes. I said, Lord, I accept your call. Bro, as soon as I said I accept your call and opened my eyes, that rapper from two years ago was standing right in front of me. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I, I hadn't seen him in two years. His name is Byron Hippolyte. I hadn't seen the guy in two years, and it made sense. And I was like, oh, my word, the Lord was working the whole time. Wow. Is that not crazy? That is unbelievable, man. And uh, the Lord and the Lord was the Lord went to the ultimate measures of putting me in this incredible apostolic movement, putting me in the United Pentecostal Church International. I found out and I found out that the church was Daryl Weber's church and, and Lafayette and Daryl Weber's church, bro. I realized there's a there's a couple there's a family in that church that whenever I was in Youngsville, Louisiana in middle school from seventh grade to tenth grade, I was I lived next to neighbors that were going to Daryl Weber's church. And I used to play ball with their son all the time. Wow. I used to play basketball with their son all the time, bro. And 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 I realized he was gone all the time. And I was like, bro, where do you go all the time? He's like, church, man. I'm like, I'm like, bro, you're in church that much. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know? and so and so it's one of those things, man, uh, that I'm just forever grateful uh, for. Like you said, you talked about the kingdom and being connected. I'm forever grateful for all the pieces to the puzzle. You know, brother, brother Haney, uh, he he preached the message where God called me to the ministry. Uh, uh, then I had after. After that, uh, that night, I went up to Brother Mooney. I said, Brother Mooney, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? I'm trying to figure out what God wants, you know, what wants to do in me because he's called me to the ministry, but I'm playing college basketball. And then he prayed for me uh, and, you know, got Joe Campatella. I got my bishop and Pastor Jason Varnum. Daryl Weber is out of the Mangans Church. I mean, bro, I can go on and on about how many people in the United Pentecostal Church that God somehow has used uh, to make an impact of my ministry. And so it's just such a great, 
privilege to be a part of the body. We are all connected, man. It's so amazing. I, at NAYC, um, there was a team of 13 singers and I think like eight musicians. And most of us did not know each other. And as the week went on, we were with each other for nine days. So you definitely get to know each other. But as the week went on, we just realized we were all connected. We all knew each other's friends and we, and God had just connected all of us. And so I love hearing stories like that. Um, I'm very excited about general conference. This, this isn't in my notes, but, um, is it correct you're preaching? Is it Friday night of General Conference? Yeah, it's the Friday night. I'm so excited, bro. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm flying in Thursday night uh, to pray sing at the Youth Day on Friday, and uh, my friend Frankie Taylor is leading worship that morning, and I was going to have to fly back Friday in the day because um, Rachel and I have a concert on Saturday, and when I when I heard that you were preaching, bro, I was like, I'm changing my flight because <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So I changed my flight last night. I just I just can't miss it, man. I'm too excited oh, about man. what God is going to do. And that's not saying that, uh, you know, I just I just I can't miss it. Let's just say it like that. It's going to be incredible. Um, I wanted to share this with you in, in the form of a question. But for my birthday uh, this year, my wife bought me uh, the sermon series, A Call to Greatness, and it was a very um, significant gift, Um, and we'll talk about that. I want to talk about your sermon series that you sell on Amazon in just a moment, but it was very significant because in 2017, and uh, I'm going to try not to get emotional here, (laughs) forgive me, but uh, in 2017 at North American Youth Congress, uh, when you preached a call to greatness um, in the altar, you spoke and and said that you know men measures greatness by what they gain. God measures greatness by what you sacrifice. And when you said in the altar, as we were all praying, um, I want you to pray about uh, what what do you need to sacrifice to be great? What do you need to give up? to accept your call to greatness. And I was praying, you know, I'm a youth pastor, so I'm praying for all my students, right? And so as youth pastors, we have a tendency to do that. We're praying for our students and praying that God would speak to them. And while I'm praying for them, uh, I, I begin to search my heart. And I said, Lord, what, what is it that I need to give up? Uh, what is it that I need to do? Uh, because I feel like I'm sold out. I feel like I'm committed to you. What is it? And God spoke to me and said, it's your job. You've got to leave your job. You've got to give that up um, to be great. And so my wife and I that year um, both left our jobs, went to uh, part-time jobs and full-time at our church. And I'm telling you, bro, that message, that obedience to what God spoke to me in that service when you were preaching completely changed our lives. I mean, God has just opened the windows of heaven uh, upon us and blessed us beyond what we could ever imagine. And so I just wanted to thank you in person um, for that message because it, it truly changed my life. And so when she got me that sermon series, I just started crying because I thought about 
everything that God has done through you and through your ministry. Um, but what was it like, um, preaching in a stadium filled with over 30,000 people? Is it a different dynamic? Is it, does it feel different than when you preach at a regular church or what does that experience feel like? Oh man, you know, it it was, it was such a, a privilege to be a part of, uh, uh, historic moment uh, in our organization. Um, forever indebted to uh, Brother Michael Enzi, uh, Brother Josh Carson, um, and Brother Ranking, uh, just for them to uh, trust me in that moment. Forever indebted, and um, I, I honor people for life. Uh, just even with everything that, you know, Brother Matt Johnson has given our movement and Amen. Shea Man and these men of God that that I've uh, been privileged to be uh, raised around in this with. And so uh, it was a privilege to be a part. And so uh, whenever they uh, called me to uh, uh, be a part of uh, that NAYC 2017, um, just, you know, did what I do for every engagement, and that's you know seek the Lord in prayer and fasting, and uh, right. the 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 benefit that I had was that I, I preach, I, I my ministry uh, doesn't vary according to the number of people in the crowd. Uh, I give the same amount of effort everywhere that I go. So how people saw me preach at Congress, that's how I preach in Ketchikan, Alaska, to 15 people in a library with no mic. Right. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I give, and so I'm the same person in every situation. And because I'm the same person in every situation and just have that uh, integrity of being myself, and being me, I don't, it's like, it doesn't matter if there was a hundred million people out there, I'm still going to be Victor Jackson. Right. And so when I, when I got up into that uh, moment, all I knew was just, you know, God had called me to this moment for a reason. Uh, uh, My leaders have trusted in me uh, to be a part of this moment. And so they called me and God called me to be what he has called me to be in this moment. And that's just myself. And so, uh, and so, um, that's, that was my desire. And so when I got up there, I was just being me, you know, and, and you've heard me preach before, you know, it's just kind of like, I'm just myself. And so with that, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a familiarity that comes in those moments, you know, the burden, the burden, you know, I'm burdened for everywhere that I, that I go, but I understand, uh, what, what type of moment it was in, in our, in our movement. And so the biggest difference as regards is, uh, preaching a, uh, that's what one of the questions they asked in the inside out magazine was, how do you prepare to preach the thousands? And I said, well, the same way I prepare to preach at home missions churches, you know, prayer right. and fasting. 
Right. You know, the answer doesn't change, you know, it's just uh, being being yourself. And so that's one thing I've always striven uh, to do is uh, strive to do. Mm-hmm. And that that is that is to be consistent in who I am. Right. Privately and publicly for they to be the same person. And uh, I think that's the challenge of every Christian. And so the, the biggest difference when it comes to, uh, you know, being in the mic and everything like that. Well, uh, when you preach, um, you don't hear the response of the people until it builds. Wow. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. And gotcha. so there, there's a there's a delay. Yeah. In response. Yeah. Because you don't hear anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so thankfully, you know, I was intuitive enough to understand that. Uh, you know, when I first got up and, you know, you can hear the claps build. And it's not until the claps are like halfway around the stadium that you can really hear it. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so and so uh, it, it, there was just that delay. Uh, after making a statement, there was there was a little bit of delay, and uh, but which I adjusted to, and I adapted to, and uh, but it was it was a, it was a great moment, man. Forever forever indebted to all those people that uh, allowed me to be a part of that. It's amazing, bro. Um, it it's funny that you mentioned the delay. Um, I definitely experienced that this year. Uh, that's that when when the drummer hits the the snare there is a just in relation to music there is a four second delay um before you hear that snare come back at you so wow you have um you have these in-ears that you literally cannot operate without musically um because there's there is no way you could stay on time uh, without them. I mean, everything is just bouncing around the stadium. And so I had, wow. a, I had a funny moment. Uh, <laughs> I think it was on, it may have been Friday morning. I can't remember. I was leading one of the songs and I said, somebody shout, you know, and I had everybody shout. And in that moment, <laughs> it, it felt like it completely flopped. Like I heard nothing. Okay. And then, And then somebody sent me a video and it was like, you could hear everybody shouting like thunder, but isn't that crazy, (laughs) but it didn't translate uh, to the platform. I mean, I could not hear it. It It's just with the, the drum snare bouncing back four seconds later and, and the bass note four seconds behind that and all these other things, man, um, there is definitely, uh, it's one of those things that you never can truly understand until you step onto that platform and you, and you have to just pray uh, that God is doing a work because sometimes it doesn't translate up there. Um, and then on, on a more humorous side, when the preacher would come into, uh, you know, to, the, to give the altar call and we would be up on the platform, I would have to watch the crowd um, to kind of see what was happening because I couldn't hear him. He, he wasn't in our our ears and so we could only hear the four second delayed version of the preacher so we were kind of just watching to make sure we were being sensitive and not looking carnal because we couldn't hear what was happening (laughs) yeah man yeah bro it's a it's a you know yeah it's like you said you know god does help you with that and uh 
and uh, I'm just, uh, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, there are a few guys that ask me, you know, about that, and I always tell them, man, just, just don't worry about the delay. You know, you're going to make a point, and they're not going to clap immediately. Right. But don't, don't expect that. Don't, don't think that that is, you know, resistance. You know, don't think that that is, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, rebellion right. is just, yeah. is just delay. You know, exactly. So just, so just keep preaching. You have and, to uh, wait on the Lord for those four seconds. Gotta, and... <laughs> gotta wait on the Lord, bro. Let Him order your steps. <laughs> that, that's awesome, man. So tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about um, your book series, your sermon series, um, and how that idea came about. I love this idea. I'm, I've already got one. I'm planning on getting the second one. Where did this uh, come from? Um, you know, uh, for about. You know, I wrote my first book whenever I was 23 years old. And uh, really, right? Wow. Yeah, I wrote my first book uh, called "The Book of Job: Tools in the Midst of Trials." And what happened was, I was preaching this message on the Book of Job, and it was just meeting, meeting an incredible need in the body. And wow. uh, and uh, I was like, man, and I was like, I can't keep preaching this. You know, God's giving me other stuff, so. Uh, I was like, you know what, I better just write it. And so I started writing uh, the book of Job, and uh, I wrote that at 23, uh, got it uh, self-published in November of 2013. And uh, and so uh, literally uh, I sold that book for like maybe four months, maybe four or five months. Uh, and, uh, I sold over a thousand copies. Wow. And, and for me, I realized that, you know, I'm not a salesman, you know, I, I, was like, I, I, I'm not a salesman. I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable doing that stuff. I really just produced it to help people. And I'm just, I just realized, you know, it's not until you do it, you realize that, you know, like, I'm not really a salesman, so I'm not going to mess with it. Uh, and so I really just kept it on Amazon, but I, I only sold the book for like five months, uh, but since 2013, every month that book sells. Every month that book sells. You know, That's every amazing. month, even though even though I haven't promoted it or anything like that. And so people across the world have, have gotten it. In India, you know, India they called me. You know, they're they're wanting me to come teach on it because they got it. Um, but That's amazing. so I know I know that God wanted to use me in that realm. And so for the past two years, people were asking me for resources and want me to write something. And for me, it's like, I got to follow the Holy ghost. You know, I'm not going to just produce something just to produce it. Well, right. uh, I was going on a fast and I did a, I did a, uh, 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 I don't want to, I, it's a podcast. We were being transparent. Oh, well, I'm not getting any glory out yeah, of this, yeah, but it, I just want to give you the story. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, I was on a seven-day fast, and on the seven-day fast, when I was done, you know, God spoke to me and said, "I, I want you to start putting your messages in uh, in book format." Uh, and He said, "Because it's going to be able to travel uh, places that you're not able to go, or that you're not able to go yet." Wow. And uh, and he's and and. And 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 I was like, okay, okay, Lord, but you know how I am about 
about you know uh, selling stuff. Well, he's like, well, just leave it online, and it's not about the money. So, just everything that you make, give it to She's for Christ. Wow. And so I was like, okay, that's what I'll do. I'll do it because it's just about getting the word out there, and uh, you know, it's just about meeting needs in the body, and uh, and so. I began to start working on that, you know, put, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds, you know, thousands of dollars into, you know, cultivating these things, uh, uh, properly. And, um, um, and so once I, uh, released it and people started purchasing it, um, what they have told me is that it ministers in a very, different way you know you know with with what i preach you know with what i preach what i preach is really available a lot of time so i can't all available on youtube and all these other places that people post it so what's happening bro is i travel is that a lot of people have already heard my messages so oh, wow. i really i really can't re-preach these messages but i'm putting so much study and so much content into these messages that this stuff deserves to be heard Yes, sir. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so it's like, it's like, but I can't go to a church where the church has already heard it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, pre and then preach it there. But, but at the same time, they need it. Yeah. So absolutely. I, I started realizing, you know, it's like one step of obedience after another. I started realizing what the Lord was doing. What he was doing was even though if I preach the message one time, it can go into book format where people can have a resource and when they read it, it's almost like you get the revelation even deeper and differently because in the moment, sometimes you miss what I've, you know, you miss the revelation that I'm saying because you're in the moment. Right. When you get to reread it. It's like, oh, man, I can't even believe he said that. What a connection. You know, that's what I mean? so true. That's so true. Yeah. And, and, and it's like there's room to highlight and stuff like that. And and uh People have told me that it's 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 been a blessing to them, and so uh, I, I I released like uh, four of them. And uh, what I'm gonna probably do is uh, I'm gonna uh, put those. I'm gonna uh, get this resource into the hands of the Pentecostal Publishing House. They've been talking to me, reaching out to me. You know, uh, they like to be a part of it, and so I'm gonna I may put it into uh, combine the messages into one volume and, uh, make that available in Pentecostal publishing house. But it's just all about, and everything goes to she's for Christ. And so just this summer, you know, uh, you know, we, we were able through that resource, you know, to give thousands of dollars to she's for Christ. That's awesome, man. That's incredible. You know, and, and just through the districts, I donated like 25 books to the district camps that i was doing and they sold them the the districts they sold them to the kids and all the money that they that the district made off the books they gave to shoes for christ from the district and so it's just what been a, a resource a resource to just kind of help the body and at the same time you know edify the body as the word gets out there and so i'm just you know one step at a time i'm 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 learning, growing, and uh, just trying to find ways to be a blessing. That's awesome, man. That's incredible. I I love having it. I can't wait to get the rest of them. 
and uh, they they really are a blessing. When you read them, you catch things that you didn't catch in the moment, and there's new revelation that God gives to you. So thank you so much for that resource. Um, I have one more practical question, and then one spiritual question. I know, I know that you've got a very busy schedule, so I'm going to try to wrap this up. But we this podcast has a lot of listeners uh, who feel a call to preach on their life, and. Uh, I consider you one of the master preachers of this generation, and I'm so thankful for your ministry. Would you mind, you don't have to go into great detail, but would you mind just sharing your sermon prep process, just kind of like the bare bones of that? Uh, What steps do you take between the prayer room and the pulpit to prepare a sermon uh, in front of, you know, like let's take general conference for example. What do you do to prepare for something like that? So kind of like I said earlier, you know, the goal, my goal is for who I am privately uh, to just be one with who I am publicly. And so every message that I preach, uh, it comes out of my devotion life, every one of them. And, uh, and so my, my reading, like, you know, when I hang up the phone, I'm going to iron some some clothes and then I'm going to uh, going to go ahead and head to Starbucks to, to go ahead and uh, get my uh, reading reading done. So I read the Bible through, you know, I read the Bible through from cover to cover and I try to I keep on doing that uh, uh, however long it takes me. It varies on the time. But I keep on doing that, and I have a notepad when I'm reading through the Bible where God gives me different insights. You know, when you read the Bible through, every time you read it, it's different. Right. And and, and so that's how the revelation in me builds, because I keep rereading these texts, and, uh, and it keeps coming off differently. And he just begins to start whispering different things about it. And so... Over a period of years of having a notepad and uh, keeping track of my study, keeping track of, uh, you know, the chapters I read and things like that, uh, thoughts start start connecting, you know, right. uh, uh, with, you know, uh, over time, these thoughts just start connecting and it kind of gets in my spirit. And so I, I just write whatever God gives me in those moments and it, It'll be lodged in my spirit and it'll just connect. You know, I've got probably a thousand plus things that uh, thousands of revelations and sermons in my spirit. But my goal is always to preach what God wants me to preach at the right time. I don't want to just preach a a great word. I want to preach an on time word. And so I'm always being sensitive, prayerful of what what do these people need? And as I'm praying about that, God begins to direct me to certain things that he gave me in devotion. And then all of a sudden a theme is created. And, uh, but most of my preparation for preaching, I prepare the messenger more than I prepare the message. Wow. That's so good. I prepare myself. I make sure Victor Jackson is on the cross. I make sure Victor Jackson is fasting. 
that Victor Jackson is praying, that Victor Jackson is being conformed into the image of God. And when I spend that much time on myself getting right with him, he begins to shine through me and directs me into what he wants me to say. Wow. And so, and so for general conference, I've been preparing myself and fasting and prayer and just making sure that I'm sensitive to the voice of God, sensitive to the presence of God, still doing this devotion, still doing what I need to do, but, but waiting on the right thing for God to quicken. And so, uh, um, you know, for Congress, God gave me the mess. I didn't know when I was going to get the message. You know, one thing that I, how I approach things is I don't have something good and just hold it, you know, until I preach a, a an event, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, how, how God does it with me is whatever God gives me, I'll immediately, uh, if he wants me to preach it, I'll, I'll start preaching it. So, so it's like letting the well flow, you know, like letting the river, letting yeah. the river flow. Yeah. And keeping the river open and trusting the river that when the right time comes for Congress, God's going to give me the word. Wow. So uh, right at a month before Congress, God, God sealed the word called a greatness. I didn't know when it would come, but then it came. And so I was waiting. And so now for general conference, I'm about a month out. Uh, there, there is something that has begun to brew, but, uh, I hadn't held it for months. There's something that's coming right now, you know, something that's coming in this moment that is that is building and brewing, is getting in my spirit, and uh, but I'm just making sure I'm sensitive uh, and and preparing myself. Uh, and so, with that, the most effective form of communication to me is when a person is just being themselves. So, in the pulpit, I'm myself. Uh, um, and so it kind of, it, how God deals with the personality is very unique. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and that uniqueness kind of comes out, uh, when you deliver the message. And, uh, but that's really, it's really just about, you know, I have a version Bible plan, uh, that, you know, to keep track of me reading the Bible through, uh, uh, you know, I have a planner. So I'm very structured in my devotion life, and uh, and so that kind of bleeds, you know, into my into my preaching. I don't preach with any notes, uh, but wow. But but what happens is that the message begins to get in my spirit because it's out of my devotion life. So I don't care how simple uh, a message may be. Um. Um. If it's the right time and if it's out of your spirit, uh, it's going to be effective. So it's really, you know, not about really coming up with something revelatory or creative. It's about, is this you? Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, is this coming out of you? Is this coming out of your experience? Because if it's crazy revelation, but it wasn't birthed from you. Hmm. You know, it's not going to be effective to the people. It's going to sound good, yeah. but it's not going to help anybody. Man. Does that make sense? Yeah, but, that's awesome. But when it's brooding your spirit, 
It's like what I told somebody that was preaching a large meeting. I said, don't be nervous about the words you speak. I said, because your spirit is going to preach louder than your words. Mm. And, so, so, and so when I get into the pulpit, my, my trust is that me and God have spent time together. And whatever I don't communicate, I'm going to trust that my spirit is going to preach louder than what I'm saying. Wow. And, and I think that's where transformation and that's where impact happens. You know, the call to greatness, you know, that, you know, that wasn't a, a fancy message that that was something I've lived. That's something that God has dealt with me about that. That is something that is that is authentic. And I think people could feel the authenticity and, and it brought the word to life in their life. But but imagine imagine me not really having a burden preaching that yeah. and me just kind of being fancy about it and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, sir. It's not going to have the same impact. You know, it's going to sound good. Like, oh, great word, you know? Yeah. But but if it's born out of out of travail and out of that alone time with God, it's going to make an impact. And uh, that that's pretty much that's pretty much how I do it. So I probably have what six I have probably six or seven different notepads of of notes, you know, over the past five years, uh, just just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of notes that I have at home. I have one in my bag right now that I'm gonna take to Starbucks uh, today uh, to write in and. Uh, um, you know, those are thousands of things that I haven't even preached. Wow. You know, but so how do I order like, one of these notebooks? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, <teasing>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. kidding you, bro. Yeah. No, but but <laughs> yeah, what's the best best way to is that on by? Amazon? Because <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, bro. I mean, it's not. I mean, these are and these are these are great things. But but what the Lord has taught me is that it's not great. If it doesn't meet the need at the time, man, that's so good. And so I'm sensitive to the needs of others. I'm sensitive to the needs of people. I pray. I try to. I try to to be sensitive to what do the people need, and uh, and then God just kind of, and then God, God gives me the right word. Like I was preaching somewhere last last weekend, and I preached, you know three different messages to this church uh, that I never preached before. And I'm probably going to never preach them again. Wow. But the, the point was that God pulled out of me what the people needed in the moment. So that word was specific to that church's needs. And it's that's just powerful. not going to be relevant to another church. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's powerful, man. Absolutely. And it's just and I and so what's happened is God has given me a sensitivity, uh, and that's what I mean by preparing the messenger. Uh, the, he prepares he prepares the messenger uh, uh, to where uh, uh, the the messenger's life becomes the message. You know, he, he will prepare the messenger so much to where the messenger becomes the message. Wow. Um, uh, I talked about, you know, with Jesus, whenever, you know, he taught on the ship, uh, 
And then after he taught on the ship to multitudes, the Bible says that he was taken even in that same ship and a storm came. And so, so the same boat that he taught in was the same boat he endured in. Oh man. So watch this. So, so what you expound, you will experience. Man, what what you preach in the day, you will live in the night. Thank you, Jesus. And he will keep the messenger on the boat long enough until the messenger becomes the message. And and so and so um, and so that's what it's God uses experiences in in the messenger's life to let different paragraphs of a message begin to seep out of their spirit to the world. My goodness, man, that is incredibly powerful. And man, that's, that's a quotable moment for sure. The messenger to prepare, to prepare the messenger more than the message. That's incredibly powerful, man. Well, brother Victor, I, I know, uh, I know that you have a very busy schedule. I want I want you to leave us with this, um, and and the, the problem is I could sit here and talk to you for like five hours, and I, I promise I won't do that. <laughs> this is my last question, but I'm enjoying this so much I could just go on and on. But um, what words of advice? Uh, I, I, anytime I have the honor of interviewing a preacher of the gospel, I leave with this question. What words of advice would you leave this generation? I know, I know Brother Cunningham preached on Generation Z. And so what do we need to work on to better ourselves in this last generation? What would you leave with us? Um, you know, we have, we're living in a great hour and a great generation with incredible zeal. Uh, my, my, uh, the, the thing that that challenges me is to give yourself to something uh, that's that's going to last without uh, worrying about um, what anyone else is doing. So, mm-hmm. for, for for example, my you know when I was teaching the. Hundred, I taught hundreds of Bible studies before I preached my first message. But uh, teaching hundreds of Bible studies, people were getting baptized, receiving the Holy Ghost, and uh, uh, it was just incredible. And I remember I would text my pastor and my bishop, and I'd be like, "Hey, this one got the Holy Ghost. This one got baptized." My pastor and bishop would never respond to that text. Wow. Ever, they would never respond to it. And then I was like, man, am I doing something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Like, they're not even responding to it. Like, they don't even mention it. Like, they don't even care. And I'm like, what, what is up with this? And the Lord spoke to me and said, Victor, are you doing this to get affirmation from your leadership? Or are you doing this for me? My goodness. Wow. And, and, and the Lord checked me and he said, he said, you have to be willing to do what is right without anybody ever knowing about it. Mm. And you know what? I stopped texting them how many Bible, the Bible studies I was teaching. I stopped texting them how many got the Holy Ghost, how many got Bible. I stopped, I stopped texting them about it because 
I didn't need their affirmation. And that's what they were trying to teach me. They were trying to teach me to trust in the Lord and be have a sufficient affirmation from God where nobody else needs to pat me on the back. And so that has helped me evangelize him. Uh, um, I, you know, for, for me personally, you know, I don't need people uh, knowing where, you know, where I'm preaching, what I'm preaching. You know, if you go to my social media page, you, you wouldn't know that I was a preacher. You know, there's not there's not one video of, of me that that I've posted. There's not one, you know, result that I've listed uh, 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 because I don't need anyone's pat on the back. Right. You know, I, I'm content living in, in the shadows. I'm content. I, I'm doing what's right with or without encouragement. And when you get to that place, when you get to that place, um, you're able to build something that's going to last. Amen. With, without the fanfare. Um, and so I'm not, and so for, for people that, that and, and so for other people, people that post their results and post things on social media, things like that, I'm all for that. I go like, I go comment on it. I, I want that, especially with the apostolic music, especially with with uh, uh, the things that are happening in different countries and just different young people being used and right. everything of like that. I, I like it. I comment. I I, I want that for them, uh, and and I'm all for that. But for me personally, which I would never impose on anybody else, for me personally, Victor Jackson has to be cautious that I don't live for that. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yes, and sir. It's so, and it's so easy in our generation to slip into le- living for that. So when the affirmation doesn't come, there can be a disappointment and even a bitterness that's birthed. Wow, If you that's don't so get true. that affirmation. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And, yes, sir. And so, and so our generation, because everything's so public and everything like that, it's easy to, to, to live for that, and when it doesn't come, you lose sight of the focus and the purpose of why you're in ministry. And so it's being willing to do the will of God, seen or unseen. You know, and, and you see me, you, you, you people see me do these conferences, and then they don't see, you know, I've preached at about 20 home mission churches this year. I, I make sure I schedule time to preach at home mission churches, you know, with under 50 people. That's so good, man. You know, so and no one, no one's, no one's posting videos about that. No <laughs> one's, you know, no one's putting anything out, out about that. And it's not, you know, and they don't, they don't need to. The, the point is that if I just live for the big moments that I'm going to have a bunch of highs and lows in my life. But if I'm living consistently in the will of God, you, I don't need any fanfare. I don't need any encouragement because he is my reward. Wow. He is my reward. Thank and you, that's, Jesus. That's, that's what I'm in this thing for. And so I, I would say to, to let God be the destination. Let, let God 
be the thing that you hunger for over the applause, over anything else. And if those things come, fine. But you're not in it for that. You know, I'm, I, I didn't leave, you know, I didn't leave the applause of, of, of basketball, you know, so I could get the applause of Pentecost. I mm. left the applause of basketball to get the applause of God. Man. That's beautiful. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's beautiful, and, Victor. And, 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 so, and so because I had the applause in the world, I'm not in the church trying to get the applause of the church or the world. It's like I had that. I don't want anything to do with that because that doesn't last. Right. Right. That doesn't last. There's people that are hot for a moment. There's, you know how that works, man. You know, and, and so I'm not in it for that. You know, I'm in it for God. And whether it comes or goes, I'm going to consistently do the will of God. And and that is the fuel of everything that I am and everything that I do. And that's what I would encourage our generation to do is to go after God. And if if things come from it, awesome. If things don't come from it, at least you're doing the will of God. You have to allow you must be content. With, with 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 the journey you must be content with going after god and i and i'll leave it with this um uh you know god told abraham he said abraham you know i i, I am your exceeding great reward in other words abraham isaac isn't your reward wow. isaac isn't your reward mm. isaac's your promise and i only gave you the promise as an incentive for you to come on a journey to discover me, your reward. Because the reward is greater than the promise. My Lord. Uh, God says, I'm greater than Isaac. Thank I'm you, greater Jesus. than miracles. I'm greater than revival. I'm greater than ministry. Hallelujah. I am greater than all of that. And you must get your fulfillment in me. Because if your fulfillment's in Isaac... When I ask you to put him on an altar, you're going to want to curse me. Mm. But if your fulfillment's in me, you're going to say, you know what? I, I can live without Isaac as long as I have you. My, my Lord. And, and if I have you, you can give me another Isaac in your time. Thank you, Jesus. Is that not powerful? That's incredible. And the, the the Levites, the Levites were the ministers of the Old Testament. And God told the Levites, he said, look, Levites, he said, look, you ministers. He said, you're not getting anything in the promised land. He said, you're not going to have a possession in the promised land. He said, you're not going to have an inheritance. Look what he said, because I, the Lord, am your inheritance. And I am so great, you don't need anything else. The my, reward my. for ministry is not popularity. It is not. It is not opportunities. The reward for ministry is not fancy cars. Is not fancy houses. Is not those things. They may come on the journey, but it's not about that. The reward for ministry is we have the awesome opportunity to get God. My goodness. And that is what's going to allow us to do what we do for a long time. And having maximum effect, man. Praise God. You know, because if it opportunity, if it's all about the opportunity, once it comes, that's why people peak and get comfortable because they've been living their whole life for that opportunity. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
you know, but if it becomes about God, well, God is limitless. I can go as deep in him as I want. I can keep on going. And that's why I'm fueled. So after Congress, you know, some people be like, man, dude, you could just sit back close, bro. You, you, you did Congress. Well, well, it was never about Congress. What right. an opportunity to preach Congress. It's about God. And so even after Congress, God's like, okay, I got to teach you. I got to talk to you. You got, you got a lot of areas you need to develop in. You, you, are, you need to become like me. And, and, and man, so, so I'm back on my knees in the prayer closet trying to become uh, like, like him. Jesus Christ. Mm. And that's what, I would, that's what I would leave this generation with. Go after God, whatever popularity, whatever opportunities, whatever doors that open, awesome. But don't live your life around those opportunities. Live your life around Jesus Christ. So don't be affected by the fanfare and and the viral videos and on, on all those things and, and, the, and the headlines. Just be content to just do the will of God with or without recognition. You know, without recognition doesn't mean humility. With recognition doesn't mean humility. And so I'm not, I don't believe, I don't believe that, that in order to lift up the the unknown that you have to tear down the well known i don't believe in that Man. i believe everybody has a role to play amen and 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 people and people I, I think people that have a problem with uh you know some people say yeah man man I, hey man if you become popular i'm all for that if it's the will of god you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm all for that. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be right, right behind you. I'm gonna be singing your praises, like I said. You know, I bought your CD a few years ago. You know, I brought your, I brought your EP. You know, I, I bought that. You know, I bought that because I, I support, I, I support that. You know, and and Thank when you, you're a part of the body, when you're a part of the body, you know, you when you see others elevated that that's like that's like a part of me because it's a part of the body it's like that's what i'm talking about this is what we need you know yeah uh, I, I want i want people to be great you know i, I want you know uh I, I want there's there's albums you know uh that i have invested in thousands of dollars in the apostolic movement wow that i've invested that i've invested in to help them produce the material that's awesome, man. And, and, and God's doing great things, and but but it's because I, I want the apostolic music, the apostolic word, apostolic ministry, uh, to 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 be impactful. And so I don't condemn that in any way, but I do say, don't live for that because that can come and go, but Jesus will remain forever. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Mark Brown said that the. Next revival will be an anonymous revival, that it will be people that aren't in it for the glory, but they're willing to be unknown and do it for him. Brother Jackson, I'm so thankful for the time that you have devoted. I would like for you, if you would, to close us out in prayer. And I want you to know how much it means to me that you took uh, time out of your schedule today. I know you're extremely busy. And I know that you have a lot going on today, and I love you, my friend. You mean so very much to me. Would you close us out in prayer? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be a part of this wonderful podcast. Lord, breathe the breath of God upon every individual that listens. 
Lord, I pray that the word of God would quicken their spirits. I pray that they would grow from this. I pray that they would be edified. Lord, I ask that this word would go across the waters, that it would go across the hills and the valleys, go across the mountains, Lord. Let it cross oceans that the people of God may be edified. Let them be transformed by the engrafted word of God. Let the word settle into their spirit. Let the word settle into their spirit, into their soul. And God, let this word begin to uh, be uh, manifested out of their body. And let them be changed forever through this podcast. Elevated, let the blessing of God be upon this. Let the anointing follow them everywhere that they go. Let anyone that's been discouraged, Lord, let them be strengthened and encouraged by this word, Lord. And we are just examples. We're just epistles that are read uh, among everybody, Lord. Let them, let them get the courage to be an epistle let them get the courage to be a a testimony lord and let our lives be an example to them that they may fulfill the call of god and the destiny that you placed in them jesus in jesus name amen jesus name brother jackson thank you so much i love you thank you for your time please greet your family for me and i greatly look forward to seeing you at general conference bro i love you man Uh, All right. See you soon. Thanks for having me. Love you. Bye-bye.